In 2022, the Lakeshore Museum Center is celebrating its 85th anniversary. I was inspired to look back at the objects, events, and people that made this museum possible. As the collections manager, I oversee the care of over 20,000 three-dimensional objects. However, it seems like every day I encounter an object that was collected by the museum in the late 1930s. What I find fascinating is the documentation of these objects in the first decade. Starting in 1938, museum staff filled out a large ledger with every item that was donated. Despite having gone digital in the years since then, we still depend on this early documentation as a record of the donation and its history. In the ledger, each item received a sequential number, followed by a basic description and the donor's name. Reading through the entries is like a time machine to what was valued by the community and the staff. The list of early donors is a who's who of prominent Muskegon residents, Torrent, Yates, Engel, and Fry. It's a peek into what life was like and also what museums were like. But first, let's go back to the start. In the summer of 1937, Muskegon hosted the Centennial and Lumberjack Festival on the grounds of the West Michigan Dock and Market Company. This two-week festival was organized by the Muskegon Citizens Centennial Association, which represented 136 civic, fraternal, and neighborhood associations. This event commemorated the 100th anniversary of both the admission of Michigan as a state and the founding of the city of Muskegon. While wandering through the festival, visitors could see exhibits on agriculture, a coal mine, a modern Noah's Ark, and a very large statue of Paul Bunyan. Daily, there was a lumberjack show, disappearing water ballet, and a monkey circus. Just past the midway, an animated lumber camp was set up next to a Wild West show. Visitors were treated to an exhibit on marine life, buffalo, bison, sacred cows, miniature elephants, St. Bernard dogs, and just in case that wasn't enough, the world's largest cow was there too. More importantly, the festival had a museum committee chaired by Archie McCrea. Omar Stell oversaw the creation of the exhibits at the event. These two men, in addition to the other committee members, were the first supporters, trustees, and staff of the Muskegon County Museum. Looking at the list of shows and exhibits at the festival, it's easy to draw comparisons to what was going to be collected by this new museum. Lumbering, natural life, and oddities from times long ago formed the foundation of this collection. The first site of the Muskegon County Museum was located at 917 3rd Street. The museum featured objects that were at the Muskegon Centennial Festival, but the staff actively collected items which they thought represented life from years before. Dioramas about lumbering from the Centennial Festival were installed, and some are still on exhibit today at the Muskegon Museum of History and Science. With funding from the Works Progress Administration, artists created exhibits for this new museum. 85 years later, the objects collected now serve the public in a different way. As museum professionals, we have legal and ethical guidelines that just didn't exist for the staff of the 1930s. 
The history of ownership, or what is called provenance, is verified prior to an item being accepted as a donation. We perform due diligence to ensure that the donor is the legal owner and can transfer the object to the museum. Moreover, the provenance tells a story about how, where, and when an object was used, who may have made it, and its significance to those people. Written in the ledger are objects with descriptions that raise an eyebrow about their provenance. Item number 90 in the ledger is listed as Leather Moccasins of Charles Hackley. As a collections manager, I read that and immediately think, how did the donor get those moccasins? Was he the legal owner? And what burden of proof did the staff use to confirm that they were in fact owned by Charles Hackley? Today, we continue to have items that are offered attached with family lore about how Charles or Julia Hackley gave them to a relative long ago. While this tells us about the impact the Hackleys had on Muskegon, historical research and just the quantity of documentation available to us 85 years later can better help us confirm and document these stories. Today, museum staff place more value on the social history of objects and collect things that represent all people in our community. Many of these early donations focused on a one-sided view of history. While there are objects listed in the ledger with provenance described as from Indigenous Americans, the items were taken without context, or more importantly, without permission. In 1990, a federal law was passed called the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, or NAGPRA. Museums are obligated to return any cultural items unlawfully taken from Native American homelands. In 1993, the Lakeshore Museum Center completed an inventory of all human remains and Native American cultural objects. Since then, staff have worked to repatriate or return these objects to the descendants. In 2009, the museum worked with a coalition of Native American representatives to repatriate all human remains and associated funerary objects in the collection. Finally, we are driven by the museum's mission statement to tell the story of Muskegon County by collecting, preserving, and interpreting the history of its people and the natural environment. Early objects collected could be considered oddities and curios that frankly do not have much to do with Muskegon County. That doesn't make the objects any less fun to read about. Some of my favorite odd items listed in the ledger include a recruiting poster for George Washington's army, a book eaten by termites, wood found under muck at a disposal plant, tarantula preserved in alcohol, and a stomach belt for the prevention of ulcers. Museum staff consider an object's significance to researchers, education, and exhibits. The museum's collecting practices are community-focused where we place more value on the story an object tells rather than the novelty of the object itself. After 85 years, the museum remains the cornerstone of Muskegon history. What really has not changed in these years is that the museum continues to hold these objects in its collection as a public trust. And by accepting this trust, the museum has an obligation to preserve, interpret, exhibit, and research. We collect and preserve because of you. These objects are here to teach us about our world and about each other. To look back at this first year of collecting, we can see how far the museum has come. 
and how our world has changed. As we continue to collect and preserve history and the natural world, we look to future generations and hope that they can understand our world today through these objects, just as we have about our past. 